So the lockdown policies are loosening up. That's good news. I think that's something positive to open with. Welcome to, I believe, what is episode 19 of the Something's Off podcast. I am your host, Alex DeWitt. I normally don't start things out with an intro like that, but I want to be formal. I want to be welcoming to people. Because this is going to get a little intense. Uh, I need to find a way to market myself. I've had it. I, 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 my, my posts, and I do think that they're funny online. And this is what kind of something, something was set off in my head the other day. I wrote a really good joke. I'm not going to repeat it for you because it's just, it loses its novelty if you just keep going. Like, I, yeah, I don't want to jerk myself off over my podcast about how, how funny it is. But I wrote a particular joke that I thought was smart. It was clever, good wordplay. It wasn't anything pretentious necessarily. And it got no likes. Nobody really, you know, I put it on Twitter and then I, I posted a, a variant of it on Instagram. Nobody, five likes, nothing like that. And I hashtagged, I did the whole lot. And it just, it dawned on me. It's like, I cannot live at almost 30 years of age in this weird sort of purgatory that I built for myself where I'm just, I'm writing things for a group of my friends and that's it. The masses are not seeing this. I could be delusional. I could be on uh, the edge of a nervous breakdown of some kind. I don't think so. I think I'm going to keep. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep working and keep moving on. But I'm getting a little annoyed. I got to find a way to market myself a little better as a comic because comics are not the greatest in marketing themselves. They're not the best. They're they're normally behind uh, people like actors and musicians. People who are musical, they for whatever there's just this very puritanical aspect to people who do comedy where they want to live in the past, they want to be old school, they just want to go around getting on stages, and you haven't been able to do that lately, okay? Unless you've lived outside of a big city where things are, you know, these laws are a little looser, where not everything has been closed down. Where not every restaurant, every hardware store, the doors are locked. I mean, I went into a cell phone store to get my phone repaired just the other day. And I walk in, there's a big chair in front of the door. They're not letting anybody in. You got to call in ahead of time. And they do, like, they, they, they have somebody who goes outside, picks your shit up, goes indoors, and then you got to you gotta come back and wait outside for the guy to come out. It's like this weird, it's like you're, you're an FBI agent fucking waiting for for like like a a terrorist or a hostage guy to come out and you're you're negotiating with him and communicating with him that way it's like what if i want to negotiate the price with this guy i don't want to pay 105 bucks just to get my charging port changed can we you know reduce it down a little bit i used to just stand in front of a table the a guy on the other side and we just we we'd go back and forth for 15 minutes and I'd gradually negotiate with him. Now I have to do that through a fucking crack in a glass door. Guy's got a ski mask on the whole lot. You know what? Now I'm rethinking that scenario. I do believe that I uh, arrived at the store as it was getting violently robbed. I don't really know what to do with this information. It's kind of just a hunch that I'm realizing right now. Do I notify the authorities? Dare I? Will they think I'm an accomplice? 
But back to the whole marketing thing. And I'm not going to go on this like 20 minute rant, just boring the shit out of you. But I get comics have to be a little bit better with the marketing stuff. And I, I, and I have a little more experience, not to make it sound like I'm above anybody, uh, but both morally and through experience, I, I am in many ways and physically. Let, let, let's be honest. I'm, a, I'm an Adonis of sorts. But I, uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I've been around people who market themselves better. I've been, I've been around people in other industries, other facets of showbiz, who just, they know how to, how to sell themselves to people. And they're not people of any particular talent. They just know how to get in front of people and come off appealing. Like I've told comics this, and I'm I'm surprised that I haven't utilized this knowledge myself. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Maybe I'm just lazy. But I've I I've I've told friends about my time in the rap world, okay? Because I I've been around the block, ladies and gentlemen. My time as a rapper, I'd be at these shows, and and some of the worst rappers. People had no skill on the mic. They couldn't rhyme a two-syllable fucking word if someone had a gun to their head, which was a distinct possibility at some of these shows. But some of the worst rappers, they would all have merch. They would all have business cards with their social media on it, just handing them out to random people. Sometimes we do these shows sometimes at these, at these like bar and grill, we'd call them like bar and grill shows. It was a, yeah, it's a bar and griller, you know, like that, that was a term that was thrown around quite a bit. And you'd be performing hip hop music for 60 year old white couples. And even those guys would hand them their card. It was just, it was a routine for them. And those guys, you would take a look at their social media, their Twitter, their Instagram, 27K followers. And you're like, how does this person, again, can't rhyme words, can't stay on beat. It's like they took rap, uh, they, they took rap lessons from Silk the Shocker. These these are the guys who are gaining traction online, who are actually carving out a career for themselves, and putting themselves in position where they actually might make a little bit of money despite their lack, their their lack of talent, so to speak. And it amazed me. But then I started realizing as time went on that it's, it's because of these merch sales and these things like that. Like I would have a guy at every show that I was at, he would just toss out random CDs for free. He would print them out on his own dime and just toss them out. And I remember the first time I saw it, I thought that he was handing out flyers. And I'm like, this guy just won't let up with the flyers. And he'd just be giving them out to random people. And I'm like, he's got an endless load of these flyers in his trunk. Why does he keep taking out new flyers and bringing and giving them to people? And then finally he got to me at the end of the night, and I noticed it was a CD. He had a CD that he was just giving. I don't really know what happened to him. He's one of the sadder stories. But he put in the effort, at least, and that's all that matters sometimes. And that, that goes for social media. It's not just handing out physical CDs. So, social media, man, people don't want to admit it, but at the beginning of the whole social media boom, people, they'll, they'll never really get their true credit that they deserve, but it was rappers who revolutionized a lot of that shit. 
not single-handedly. It was, you know, a joint effort. It was, there was contributions from everybody from, you know, actors to comics, whether it was, it was Kevin Hart or Dane Cook, musicians, like some white girl in a, in a loft with a guitar, looks like Joni Mitchell, high off acid, strumming on a guitar, just doing it. And then it was rappers. And it wasn't the regular rappers, like the the skilled ones necessarily. It was a lot of guys who were like the mumblecore SoundCloud rappers. Like the mumble, the mum, not mumblecore, that's a <laughs> film genre. But the mumble rappers, the guys who sip a lot of lean, who always have like a purple red drink, plastic cup. Those were the guys. And people kind of look down on them because they don't, have a lot of lyrical skill. Many of them don't. But again, they marketed themselves to people, and that's why they're so famous. They're really good at just selling themselves and selling others, man. Like if I, my new agent is not just going to be some random woman, like random lady behind a desk. It's going to be, I want an agent who looks like 6'9". I want an agent with rainbow hair and a Bible verse tattooed across their forehead behind the desk, shouting over a phone like, you're going to book my client right now or I will send guys over to your apartment and they will hang you upside down over your balcony. All right. Well, it's a thank you. G- glad to do business with you. Alex, you're booked, at the, you're booked at the Mirage. That's what I want. And people, people won't let these people, they won't accept them. They won't give them their due. Rappers are the people who, who revolutionize social media. The, w- the way music and the way entertainment is distributed online. They really helped. They were at the forefront of a lot of that. They helped open up the doors. If they didn't do it single-handedly, they, they sure as shit did a, a, a lot of the heavy lifting. Like Mac Miller, you know, I don't mean to get dark, rest in peace. But Mac Miller, aside from being a terrific artist, it's subjective, there were a few people who weren't into him, but but aside from, you know, I thought he was talented. I loved a lot of his, I loved his earlier mixtapes, I loved the stuff that he did later on. But one of the things he did, aside from making music, it's going to be a part of his legacy, he was one of the first artists to really utilize YouTube. He was some kid from Pittsburgh, Love smoking weed, love going to parties, and love rapping about hats. And he said, you know what? The world needs to hear this. And he put it on YouTube. He's like, this is how I gain a wider audience. Not a whiter audience, a wider audience. A lot of, a lot of crackers in those crowds, though. I've seen the video footage. No, I like Mac Miller a lot, and that's... Uh, that's what he left behind. It's part of what he left behind. But people don't give them the respect. Because as an art form, it's kind of looked down upon. And especially when you add the mumble, the mumblecore rappers. <laughs> I don't mean the mumblecore rap. I don't mean... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gre- Greta Gerwig is not a, is not a rapper r- yet. Okay, if her, if her next film bombs, she's probably going to release a single at some point. So plug your ears. Uh, her and Noah Bombach, yeah, they're they're gonna be a, a husband, wife, or girlfriend, boyfriend, or partner 
duo. And they're just going to travel the countryside just doing coffee houses and just rapping about anal sex. Whatever it is, whatever kinky shit they're into. Cannibalizing each other. Yeah. Army Hammer's going to be there too. And uh, he's going to be opening for them. It's going to be a big, giant, cannibal actor orgy. Army Hammer's going to step up to the mic just with a big, just with someone's leg in his arm, just chomping on that. He's going to play it off like he's going to look into a camera. Oh, I'm sorry. You caught me at dinner. And he's just going to proceed to just drop the fucking heaviest bars you've ever heard. I'm chewing on a leg. It's my girlfriend, Meg. I might hop on a motorcycle and use her bone as a bike peg. Like shit, you know, dark. Sorry. Uh, I know that uh, that case is still open. Yeah, nobody, but back to what I'm saying, nobody gives rappers their due. And again, like, other rappers won't give these rappers their due. Like, you'll see these hip-hop purists. There's hip-hop purists, like hip-hop heads that are still living in 1995, in the golden era of hip-hop. They haven't listened to anything, any album past the year 1995. Lifestyle on the Poor and Dangerous, they can recite every word of Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous by Big L. Great album. Dated. And they just they just they they just shit on the younger generation. Yeah, they don't know what real hip hop is. It's just these guys, they have bucket hats all the time. They walk around with a backpack everywhere they go, a backpack and a USB key. They keep a USB key in their pocket at all times, just on the off chance they get to to bust out a rhyme at their grandmother's funeral. The priest is like, I'm going to call on Daniel. I'm going to call on Dan. No, a wider name. I'm going to call on Wally. Wally, um, just to read a couple Bible verses about his, uh, his uh, grandmother, Mabel. And uh, Wally, why don't you just step up to the microphone and just and, and read a few passages? And he comes up to the mic. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's a great funeral. Uh, Grandma, rest in peace. I love the prune cookies. But uh, I just got to say something right now. Let me, let me tell you about the prison industrial complex. That ain't how my squad flex. I got rid of my brand-named underwear because it's consumerism and my girlfriend's thongs next. And that's the rhyme. Complex, but... And those are the guys. Like, they're... It's, it's such a dated way of rhyming, and it doesn't really make money. It's not palatable to the masses. And they're the ones who are lecturing the younger generation on, like, oh, no, like, you're too soft. Like, you don't know what real hip-hop is. This is how you make... It's like they're not making any money. They're not making any money doing that. So, like, how is it real hip hop if they do, if it if it doesn't sell? I mean, the they have to be like the guys with the scorpion tattoos on their face, on their cheek, and the rainbow hair, and the gold molar. That guy knows how to sell himself better than you. The 27,000 followers on Instagram says it enough. And here, you know, you're writing a 2,000-word essay on Facebook that no one's reading, by the way. Who, in what world do you believe that people are taking time out of their day to just read a status that large? You know, side note, I'm I'm not going to get into that. But they're just, they're writing about, man, that's not how you make money. That's not how you do, that's, this isn't, 
This ain't the kind of music that I grew up on. This isn't the shit. In my world, this isn't the shit that sells. I'm like, dude, you live in a Persian family's broom closet. I'm not, I'm not going to, I, I'm not coming to you for advice on how to make money in entertainment. I'm just not. You can't go, you can't step into a room without bringing your DJ with you. By the way, how is your DJ even getting paid? You don't have money. You sleep in an Estonian immigrant's bathtub. That Korean family whose basement you, you are renting out, they want you out. They want you good. They want to move on with their lives. You're creepy around their daughter. And they're giving you six days to move out. You're lucky that they're giving you that amount of time. You would be, if that was my property, you'd be out on your ass. But back to the DJ. Like these, these guys, they, they, they can't go to the supermarket without bringing their fucking, they have a DJ everywhere they go. You have, you, how is this person making a living working for you? Do you pay them in pogs because you're just that 90s? What, what's going on? What is happening? I would like to know. Anyways, but I, I have to start selling myself the way that a lot of these SoundCloud mumble rappers do. So if anybody wants to contact me, I'm not going to go any further. This is, this is it. This was, this was the recording. This was the episode today. It was just me going on a now 17 and a half minute <laughs> tangent. I have to learn to sell myself. That's what I'm trying to say. I have to, I have to take the knowledge that I learned from certain rappers and apply it to my comedy. So what's, what's stopping comics from showing up at an open mic or a book show with just a box full of t-shirts. Hashtag free, free stand-up. Hashtag free speech. No, I'm not going to go down that road. But I'd see these rappers, some of these, these, these shitty no-talent rappers, like even they would have t-shirts that had a hashtag like free, free little L. And it would be, you'd be like, okay, well, who's little Al? And you'd go home after spending about $25 on this t-shirt because you didn't want to be mean and shut the person down. This is their livelihood. And you would look up, you know, free little Al, and it would just be, and it, he's some kid like, oh, no, that's my dad's company. Yeah, little little Al is just the name of the, that's just promotion for, for his work. And you'd be like, well, what is little, what does he do? And he's like, oh, he owns prisons. Oh, okay. That that'll 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 really go over well if you if you air that out in front of yeah uh, your your other rap counterparts. That's that's gonna be great. Anyways, long live rappers, long live Mac Miller. Uh, maybe not six six nine's a little little off. Long live Joey Badass. That's what I'm trying to say. Joey Badass is super lyrical, great, great rapper, and uh, Mac Miller was awesome too. Six nine, not so much. I, I take that back. What I said about wanting an agent who looks like rainbow hair, great, but six nine, a eh, little, little questionable. Anyways, something's off podcast. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Duckadus.